your pawnbroker road and also so did the landlord to see me so crazy wasn't it both were so glad to watch me destroy what I had pain sure brings out the best in people doesn't it why didn't you just leave me didn't want to stay Why'd you have to treat me so bad Did it have to be that way Now you stand here Expecting me to remember Something you forgot to say Yes and you See you still with her, well That's fine, but she's coming on so strange Can't you tell? Somebody better explain She's got her iron chain I do it, but I, I just can't remember how You talk to her Number 112 of the Better Yet Podcast. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet! It's a long-form interview podcast featuring musicians talking about influence, talking about writing, and talking about being around. All right, Bob. This is the, this is like the Positively Fourth Street part two that never really like made it out. This comes from the Blonde on Blonde sessions and i don't think that there's a finished take of this song that's out there all of the runs through it that they do they don't ever make it all the way to the end wild welcome welcome to better yet we're back on wednesdays which is where we started it's where it feels right carl shane of cal marx is on the show this week very good and raw conversation for all you out there a big shout out to ben rudolph last week's guest and one of my favorite recent episodes of the show ben of chew and i got my copy of feeding frenzy in the mail this week and was excited to sit down and blast that thing and was also excited to hear chew talked about on the axe to grind podcast this week bob Tom and Patrick showing a lot of love to Chew, one of my favorite bands in Chicago right now, and one of my favorite LPs of the year. And before we get to talking about another one of my favorite LPs of this year, I've got an announcement about the podcast. We are on Patreon. Very excited to be announcing the launch of our Patreon page, patreon.com slash betteryetpodcast. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Patreon, Patreon is a way for you to help support the show directly by pledging a monthly dollar amount. And we'll get into how to do that in just a second. But let's start 
from the beginning. Better yet, from day one has been me working it on all levels, booking it, producing it, writing, editing, and pushing it. We are 100 plus episodes in, and I tell you what, I think that we are better now than we have ever been, and we still got a lot of places to go. I've never looked at this show as a moneymaker, and I still don't. More than anything, I'm launching this Patreon as a way for me to stop paying for everything out of pocket, for servers, for audio equipment, but also this is time that I'm putting in around my full-time job, which I'm happy to do, and I kind of wouldn't have it any other way, but it would also be helpful to have a little bit of cushion for the times when I have to take off of work to accommodate an interview. So here is what we have set up. Patreon, the way it works, you have different tiers of pledging, and the ones that we've got set up I think are pretty good, pretty enticing. You can pledge $2 or more a month, and that just says, all right, keep doing what you're doing, and for that, you will receive eternal gratitude. But now the $5 tier, that's where things start to get a little more fun. For $5 a month, you will be granted access to bonus audio content. I'll be talking about new music I'm excited about, looking at some of the newer releases that have come from past guests since they've been on, a new kind of mini show that I'm really excited to roll out. It's called 15 Minutes With You. Lots of fun stuff that will be available only on Patreon. Also, in that $5 tier, you know Chloe? Chloe, the cutest dog in the world, the one that you see every week with the guests. I'm dropping pictures of this dog on there all day, every day. This is the most photo-complacent animal in the world. She's always posing. She'll be on there too. And the $10 tier, you get all of that plus some swag, stickers, zines, I got a lot brewing in there. It's an exciting time to be launching this thing. I'm excited to use the platform to branch out a bit too and to do some different things. So go check it out, patreon.com slash betteryetpodcast. Now, this is, and I'll be frank, kind of nerve-wracking. This is one of those moments where you look at what you do creatively and you're kind of forced to think of it as a commodity. It's easy to let it feel like a measure of your worth, and I think I have a pretty solid uh, self-effacing nature, and, you know, I've been putting this off. I've been putting this off for a long time because I'm nervous. I'm nervous about the vulnerability of putting myself out there in this way. Jay has been so supportive through all of it. David and I did a Patreon for As You Were, and it has surpassed expectations by all accounts. Really, that gave me a good amount of confidence to go ahead and to try it with this one. It's a little tougher because it's just me. Well, Chloe too. But while it's nerve-wracking, while there's a lot to be anxious about, I'm excited. I'm excited to try and do something new to try and branch out 
to try and make this even more than what it has been from the beginning. And this is this is my fucking baby. So all that being said, this show has been and it will always be free. We aren't going to be dropping old episodes behind a paywall or posting new episodes, new proper episodes of the podcast, only the Patreon, all of that. That's just going to be extra stuff. And if you want some extra stuff, I invite you to sign up. Now, David and I doing a lot of extra audio content for As You Were, and I know some of you listening to this are already pledging to As You Were, and as an expression of thanks for that, I will also be giving As You Were listeners access to the Better Yet bonus content via a Google Drive, and also be doing the same for people who sign up for the Better Yet Patreon. You'll have access to what David and I and other guests are talking about Alkaline Trio-related content over there. I think that is all the housekeeping for now. Thank you for sitting through it. Let's get on with the show, shall we? My guest this week, Carl Shane from the incomparable Cal Marx. Cal Marx has been making heavy, discomforting music since 2013 when they released Life is Murder on Exploding in Sound and Sophomore Lounge, though the story goes back a bit further. Carl started Cal Marx as a solo project when he was still in high school and would expand into a full band. Over the course of it, the band has moved from alt-folk to a loud acerbic rock that is difficult to fully describe but you know it when you feel it, and you feel it with these records, Bubba. Universal Care, their newest, explores a lot of different spaces, both dark and very, very pretty. This is one of those LPs that manages to spread its wings very wide and accomplish a great deal, though not without sacrifice. If there's an underlying narrative to Cal Marx, it's one that we've seen played out often, and that's the sacrifice that comes with making music that challenges at the expense of a commercial viability. Cal Marx is a great band that hasn't quite enjoyed the success of some of their peers, but their evolution has been extraordinary. We talk about that evolution, that sacrifice, and plenty more of very very great conversation with Carl here today. So let's get to it. But we'll start with a song. This is Loosed, followed by my interview with Carl Shane.
Because last time you were here, I hit up Dan Golden. Oh, yeah. Of Exploding in Sound, your record label. And I was like, man, Calmark's coming. That record just came out, and I think it's awesome. And I'm not going to be here when they're here. And he's like, yeah, they'll be back. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, all right, sure, thank you. But also, like, give me a little bit of sympathy here, Dan. You know who I was thinking? I, I, I listened to one or two of yours. Uh, I know that they're going to be here tomorrow, I think. Tomorrow? Yeah, um, Pyle's playing tomorrow. And I know you had Rick, but you should have Chappie. Oh, yeah? He's the newer guitar player. Like, right, because it's like a different Pyle lineup. This yeah, time, right? yeah, yeah. He's been playing for the last year or so. Uh-huh. Um, for them, I mean, Matt Becker was the long-running guitar player in that band. What, uh, Chab- what's that band that Chappie's in? Chabby's he's in two in- bands. He's in a band called Narwhal that he's had for a very long time. Narwhal, yeah, I tried yeah. to get them actually. Yeah, they did the audio tree that day. Oh, so right, it just wasn't gonna work out. Yeah, Narwhal is great. Um, that's just like a duo math rocky thing. Uh, that's and- a that's a loud band. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Tyler is one of the most mind-blowing drummers yeah uh, he is very loud and very precise he, uh, also his other band yaucha is like one of my favorite bands on earth right now yeah uh and then um and then chabby's also in a band called shell of a shell i like shell of a shell too. yeah well i got you know i got this i got the rehearsal dinner tomorrow yeah. night which I, I i looked up uh i looked up yesterday what a yeah. rehearsal dinner actually is i was like do i have to am i like in charge of the show here and i was like yeah kind of you yeah know. well it's sometime in the future you should try to get him he's got plenty of great stories and yeah. he's like a, the most solid person i know now is he is he a boston person no nashville too? nashville oh, yeah that, that's right yeah, yeah narwhals narwhals nashville but have you been in uh how long have you been in boston Ten plus years. Where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in New Hampshire. In, oh, okay. In like the Nashua area, so only like an hour in, away. In what area? Area of Nashua, New Hampshire. Well, where's that? Uh, it's right on the border of New Hampshire and Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Is it is it coastal or is it no. is it inland? A no, bit? it's inland. It's like when I say when I tell people like, oh, I'm from Amherst or Nash, Na- uh, Nashua. Did I say Nashville? No, no, sorry. He's in Narwhals <laughs> from Nashville. Yeah, yeah. And when I tell them I'm from Nashua, uh, people go, "Oh, Lowell." Oh, Lowell's okay. really close to. Uh huh. Okay. okay. Nashua. And and Lowell's got. Why do I know Lowell, Massachusetts? There's a university. There, Jack right? Kerouac. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh huh. Uh-huh. uh just freaking take a bunch of speed and type for the six fighter days and it's one of the, that that movie the fighter oh, with that's right marky mark and uh christian bale that's based yeah. in Lowell. that the, that documentary lowell massachusetts the, the, yeah that's like that's like that's tough massachusetts right that's kind of the uh yeah it can be it's also class. there's also umass lowell so like a lot of people um have gone there my brother w- went to umass lowell for a year or two uh-huh um, I know Rick did. Rick from Pile did. And right. Yeah. Yeah. Rick and I. Did. Rick and I talked about his experience yeah. in the the music business uh, major at, at UMass Lowell. Yeah. Where he was just like, yeah. yeah. They just were really into talking to us about ringtones at that mm. point because ringtones were the new thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've had a couple drummers now, and but we've had finally like for the last three or four years now we've had a solid lineup, but. Uh, our second drummer also lived in Lowell 
and like went to UMass Lowell and uh, when we were playing with him one time we played with Mike Watt um, uh-huh. like no one way. of his bands it yeah. was like the, it was a Italian like it had an Italian name it was okay. with two Italian guys and then Mike Watt yeah it was pretty cool and like I mean we just said yes just based on the fact that like we're like we're gonna meet Mike motherfucking Watt. Mike Watt yeah, yeah. Minutemen were my favorite band oh really yeah in high school de- de- in like high school for sure like uh, definitely up there and still up there yeah um and so we we're like this is gonna be great and then i remember nick walked in with a cymbal bag and a guitar and mike watt just went which one do you do and he talks in his jazz lingo uh-huh and he was uh-huh. just like he's like uh and nick was like oh i i play drums and he goes ah oh, the beat man with a stick in his hand <laughs> where where are you from son where are you from son Oh my god! And Nick's like, I'm from, uh, I'm from Lowell. I, I live in Lowell. And he uh-huh. goes, Oh, Jack Kerouac, motherfucker. Oh, okay. All right, I con- Mike. Watt. I conked out at a cat's pad there once. Heavy city, man. <laughs> no. Heavy city. No way. Yeah. I love, I love uh, the Minutemen like section of our band could be your life was just unbelievable to me and I, yeah. I i i like the minutemen story i would say more than i like the minutemen i'll put double uh, yeah, nickels on yeah yeah totally. and it's like it's like oh this is awesome that made for like me... 25 minutes and then i'm like okay i don't i don't need any more of this yeah their story of being like three best friends like kind of shaped how i wanted to like be in music like i want to be with three people like yeah. i mean I want to be one of three people. Right, right. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, like, be very diplomatic and, you know, share Absolutely. the writing credit and, like, yeah. work on stuff together. And then the best was when we were done playing, He Mike Watt tapped me on the shoulder. He goes, radical cats. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> how, how old are you? And I was like, uh, I'm, uh, I'm 27. Uh-huh. He goes, cool, 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 cool. And then he starts walking away, and then over his shoulder he goes, I was 27 when I made double nickels on the dime. <laughs> it's like it's like super encouraging, but also like, I'm I, Mike I motherfucking know. Watt. I, I, I guess it was like, a, it was kind of a diss, but I don't care. I, right, I, yeah. I, I grow tired of telling stories over and over again, but that one I'm fine. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll tell yeah, that story sure. a zillion times. <laughs> So so uh going going back to New Hampshire though, what did your folks do? Um my mom's a nurse. Uh-huh. And then my dad uh my dad has a had had a job. They're both retired now actually. Yeah. So um it's a job that's so boring. I like I don't even right. know if it's worth it's a, getting into. It's just uh-huh. like um point of sales, sure. Like computer parts and stuff like that. Was there music in the house when you were growing up? Um my brother and yeah. actually, you know, my, my sister and I took piano lessons together. Uh huh. So how do, how does the the line go? Is are you the? I'm the youngest. You're the yeah. youngest. Yeah, but not by very far. Like my sister's only a year uh-huh. younger than me, uh, older than me, and then my brother is five years older than me. Okay, but so he, I had grown, some distance from him. Yeah, and you're growing up, and he's probably like into the cool shit. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly how I got I got exposed to some. Cr- like pretty crazy stuff mm-hmm. at a young age because what was he into everything like yeah. i mean he was the most punk like he was really like crusty oh yeah guy but then i don't know he like went away for a summer to like 
remember what he did. And then he came back and he was like, it felt like uh, his brain just exploded with like, he was just coming back with, he would work at a record store just like he would work there just for records. Yeah, sure. And you come home. Uh, we had one, we only had like, we, I, I say, I'll tell, tell people that I live, I grew up in Nashua and that's uh-huh. where my parents reside now. Yeah. But uh, uh, I actually grew up in a town called Amherst and when I tell people that I go, they go, oh, Amherst, Massachusetts. Right. And it just gets confusing because uh-huh. it's not yeah. Amherst, Massachusetts. It's a shitty town, honestly. It's it's some very privileged, shitty town. Sure. And like nothing. old New England money. Yeah, yeah. And like in comparison, we looked maybe poor, but we were totally fine. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's why my parents moved out. They just couldn't relate to these people yeah um, sure and uh but yeah there was one record store and my brother would come home with like crazy assortments of records yeah like i remember like you know him being the guy that sewed his pants really tight and having crass patches and uh-huh. dri and oh, he's studs life yeah he's got and, that whole and, life yeah and going. he would put glue in his hair mm-hmm. and all that stuff and i'd just be like it actually turned me off from punk music for a sure. while because I was just like, "This is nuts." You're like so weird. It, it right. was it, yeah, and but then he came, started coming home with like Bob Dylan records and Tortoise. Yeah. Oh yeah, it got really into. He really got into that band, and then he took Dude, me to Tortoise, see, like here, like looms. Yeah, so large. yeah, and then he took me to see Sonic Youth. Oh wow, when was that? I was probably 15 or 16 uh-huh but the first time i ever heard sonic youth i was in third grade well what, what record was it daydream nation yeah and i uh, i didn't get it oh, I, it was I just still like don't get it um, you know <laughs> i i had the pleasure of like we were i had a cd player and we were going on a family reunion to buffalo uh-huh uh that's where my mom's from and so we would always do this like eight hour drive and my brother was like here listen to this and he gave me daydream nation yeah and i was just like it's like what all oh, right yeah i I, remember... I I couldn't understand why like like I, it was like so i really like i think i liked the song teenage riot uh, yeah. But there was that long intro, so I was like, "What? Right. Why?" And you, you like you get through teenage riot, and you're like, "Oh man, that was like, that's awesome." And then it just gets like stranger yeah. and stranger. And I thought Kim Gordon sounded scary to me. She does sound. She, scary. she, she was still like, sounds she sounds scary. like she would like beat me up. I read her book, and she would totally <laughs> beat you up. She beat me up too. I remember that. I had a moment when I was in like fifth grade with sonic youth because like i grew up in a very musical household too yeah. i'd like uh you know there were a lot of uh cds that my parents were uh that i just had access to and i remember fifth grade was when we could we could bring cds to computers class yeah and listen to them while we did our yeah. like typing stuff like that and this was 97 i think it was like one of the first times that i realized that like i am very different from the people that are around me because like biggie and and uh you know early puff daddy was big with like all of my friends and i brought in washing machine yeah and i was like i was like oh this is cool they just make like a lot of noise yeah and my friends are like what yeah oh okay hmm 
Yeah. Trying to figure things out a little bit. I mean, I had the hip-hop phase. I still have hip-hop phases. Yeah, me too. But, but uh, like, I was so into, like, probably in, like, seventh grade. I was so into, like, Wu-Tang and um, Dude, those Wu-Tang just anything that was, like, kind of, like, the pop, hip-hop, like, uh-huh. Nelly, Ludacris. Right, yeah. And then and then when I got into high school, like, I, I you know, I was getting into, like, yeah, Sonic Youth, Fugazi, Unwound, uh-huh. stuff like that. Yeah. But then I got back into hip-hop but i got into like more underground stuff yeah what, what, what was your entryway back into hip-hop I, I remember this very vividly it was like a very important day of like music discovery yeah i bought three cds in one day and they were um they were my bloody valentine uh-huh bad brains first album yeah which is fucking crazy yeah, yeah, awesome it's unbelievable and then, it's still and, and so, so and and, and my uh-huh. bloody valentine loveless is a record that just absolutely blew my mind yeah and then and then i bought mad villainy oh fucking and right that did. Th- yeah. that record was the first record that got me back into hip-hop yeah like because but for production more than yeah le- mad lib is is just so fucking mf doom is also an amazing yeah. rapper but i was more into it because of the production I feel like it when I when I got into hip hop for the first time it was like the you know when somebody was just like just stop paying attention to what they're saying yeah. and listen to the beats and listen to like yeah. you know what pops on it and I was yeah. like oh okay cool it's yeah. like this this visceral thing and um and then yeah when like my clips was huge for me yeah yeah and yeah like totally more recently there was like i think i was excited because it popped up in an interview of yours that i saw but it was like sweatshirt and like ben staples like that stuff i that, mentioned that in a you men- oh, yeah you mentioned uh, earl sweatshirt and i was like yeah. hell yeah i uh, no, i i i i love his last record i i wish it's, he it's hasn't done anything my favorite since records in, a while, in the past yeah. like five or six yeah. years and it's actually like for me that's like a benchmark is the way yeah i don't like shit i don't go outside like yeah made me feel as like a 29 year old when it's like man it's tough to like break through this shit but i th- he has a really cool demeanor yeah and also that i think i always like it when um an artist really takes control of what they're doing and yeah that record he i think he produced, he produced everything all of it yeah yeah, yeah. mm-hmm um so when did you like when did you start playing guitar was it when you were in high school and you were like discovering like fugazi and and sonic youth and all that it was probably i think eighth grade Uh i joined i just joined a band very haphazardly because i i feel like i was going through a time where my friend group was really changing yeah like all grades like the time for that yeah I mean, everybody's going through puberty or whatever, and like, yeah. like I, girls, or or they're just confused as uh-huh. to what they want, and and or angry, and a lot of my friend group was going kind of uh, these like friends I had from a very early age were all like, like I was okay with sports. Mm-hmm. But they were getting into lacrosse, and I was like, "That's oh, yeah. where I'm drawing the uh-huh. line. Uh-huh. I'm yeah. not gonna do fucking." You lacrosse. want to talk about lifestyles? Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, the, the, my friends went, they got obsessed about like, yeah, you got to work on your pocket, man. Uh huh. And you're, I was just like, I hate this. And right. then, I, I always liked music, but I, I thought guitar, like looking at guitars, I 
looking at guitar players, I was like, gosh, that must be impossible. Uh huh. I, 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 I already had been playing piano for many years, but guitar seemed like the hand coordination just seemed nuts. So I joined a really crappy band in eighth grade just as a singer. Uh huh. And I hated the music that we, we uh, the one of the guitar players was like, he would be like, I'm, I'm Eddie Van Halen Jr., which I actually like Van Halen, but I hate, uh-huh. like, he was so into hair metal. Right. And it was really weird. Like, Cause, yeah, yeah you're like, not even from that era. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. This is, this is I like think it's just he's really removed. into his dad's sure. music. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so he's like, we should cover Poison. Right. Was, oh, really? Oh, it's like not even like I could see like oh yeah like yeah. ACDC like okay cool like you're yeah. you're starting to play guitar this yeah. is what you're you're into but yeah. yeah and there's no redeeming quality in yeah. that and then the drummer was just so into like just butt rocky crap uh-huh. and then the other guitar player was like kind of into like he was like really into like hacky sack kind of like yeah, sure. jo- you're, jock you're in jo- new hampshire the sure. hippie jock though right music O-A-R. like d- dispatch uh-huh yeah. that kind of stuff and then the bass player was the only guy that like was into cool music uh-huh and 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 i i think we remained friends after that band but we had to like cover we covered white room by cream uh-huh which i'm not i i don't it's know why song. i'm sure it's fine uh-huh. I'm not crazy about Cream. I've I'm never been either. crazy about anything Eric Clapton's done, and I think Ginger Baker's an overrated drummer. Yeah, um, I like those uh, those Mayall records, but yeah. I don't even know he I don't, he wasn't in Cream though, right? The no, Bluesbreaker. No, no Bluesbreakers. Yeah. yeah, and then we covered My Generation, uh-huh. which we would play it at like school, like assemblies, assemblies, yeah, sure. and everybody thought I was like there's something wrong with me because they uh-huh. n- didn't know that song and there's a stutter in that <laughs> yeah. song which i did have a stutter when i was younger uh-huh. but like the stutter was so clearly like embellished yeah but everybody's like oh man he has like mental problems <laughs> and then we covered and then we covered oh man it's so embarrassing we covered a song off of supernatural by santana Get out. the everlast like uh-huh like everlast santana duet and i had to sing these songs and i was yeah. just like i hate this so that's what made me pick up the guitar uh-huh. uh, and then we had one of we had an original song that the guitarist wrote mm-hmm. and i hate it was terrible so what do you do with it like when you're when you're within that are you like y'all this sucks or are you just like this sucks this sucks this sucks i hate this so much but i'm doing it anyway yeah, I, I was doing it anyways because it was right. it I mean, it's still like something to do, and, uh-huh. and we'd hang out and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I just I, I mean I started learning guitar on, in my own time. My uh-huh. brother gave me one of his old guitars. I still have that one, and uh, I I almost immediately started writing songs. Yeah, because I wasn't really good at learning other people's songs. Right. So you're kind of I still like, am that way. Yeah, you're you're figuring out like how to do it, and then by mm. by just like doing it and like figuring yeah. out like your own sort of structures. Yeah, I mean, and that it, makes sense because your yeah. your music is kind of a little like it, it comes from a not you know an A B A B structure 
sense. Yeah, I guess. I mean, sometimes we have like repeated verses. Yeah, repeated yeah, yeah, courses. for sure. Yeah. But it's it's definitely like it's different. It's not yeah. you know it's not it's not Green yeah. Day influencer. You know, yeah, that's yeah. Sort of structure. Yeah. Um. So w- when did you start like playing as Cal Marx? Because it starts as a solo project, right? Yeah, it was s- senior year of high school. Uh huh. So that's twelve ish 13 years senior of high school yeah oh you're yeah. 18 yeah yeah uh-huh. I, I was 18 oh you've been doing it for 12 ish years right y- yeah yeah uh-huh. i mean the i first started recording stuff under the name cal marks senior year of high school and like i play like a coffee house or something like oh, that oh yeah sure but i don't really see it as really you know it di- didn't really become a band until like 2000 and 10 when you're with uh was alex and and nick originally right actually originally um it was me and this kid jake okay um jake was actually the drummer in a band i was in in high school uh-huh and he was going between living in new hampshire and boston okay and then uh there's only one ep with him on it i guess okay so um so did you were you going to college did you go i never went to college never went to college did you stay in new hampshire after you graduated high school i stayed for one year and Uh i worked my ass off i worked like 90 hours a week just like delivering pizzas and then working for my dad doing like shipping and receiving yeah in new hampshire i did that for a year always kind of feeling like i would move mm-hmm. to boston or or new york um but boston seemed pretty easy like i had i had my brother in boston i yeah. also had um a couple other friends and when you moved were you were you doing the coffee house thing there yeah. too yeah it's, so it was it, terrible it, <laughs> it's funny because like i went back i listened to goodbye horses and piss of the century because it's like as far as i knew it starts with life is murder yeah so going back to to that stuff it was like it it kind of put some pieces together it's like yeah. when you listen to like the pile demo and it's like oh, yeah yeah, yeah this yeah. is where it like yeah. comes from originally because yeah. like those songs are like kind of like folksy like, yeah like all folk i i was so, uh yeah i mean i still am into stuff like joni mitchell challenge van zandt yeah bob dylan Larry, Co- what's Larry your, Cohen. What's your favorite Bob Dylan record? Because you said your brother was bringing stuff um, in. You know, I'm not so much into the like mid '60s stuff anymore. Like yeah. that's the one that that era that gets glorified the most. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm not really into this like that beat stuff. He's like, cause yeah, that, that guy like, was like really into really like, what f- Kerouac and Ginsburg. Were, I mean, was doing it's like then. too. Um, floral and metaphorical yeah or 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 even like or too abstract like where it's like man this is means nothing to me and i hate it too yeah like i mean lyrics don't have to mean anything to me but when he says jewels and binoculars hang from the head of the mule i was like (laughs) i fucking hate this line I really do. That's one of my and then he, fucking favorite songs. Uh, of oh, really? All time. You love I that love one a lot. So much. I, uh, yeah. Every time I go to a museum, I think about it. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's like it's there's a lot of bullshit that's happening there. But I think by yeah. the time he comes to the end, that's where he's like making some like real fucking profound 
statements. I'm not trying to yeah. argue it. I'll have to it, listen to it again. It's dumb. There's 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 a, there's, a, there's a couple songs still on on Blonde on Blonde that I still really like. Yeah, like I really the I, back half of it is kind of the one. Sad like, Lady of the Lowlands is long time really to, sweet. Yeah, it's I re- unbelievable. I'm like and, fourth time around. Um, sooner or later, is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I, I no, I really like I like Nashville Skyline a lot. Yeah, it's a really pretty I, record. It's I, so weird too. Yeah, I really like Blood on the Tracks. I really like Blood on the Tracks was like my my intro. That was the one that I was. It was played for me in a like here. This will make sense to you. Yeah, like hearing yeah, uh, Lily Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts. I was yeah. like, oh, damn! There, here's this song that is eight and a half minutes long there's no bridge yeah. there's no real like yeah it's just a story that doesn't conclude yeah it's amazing. yeah and uh i really like yeah john wesley harding yeah i like the basement tapes a lot i also like the early stuff too the i never g- really got into the early stuff. um the basement i tapes like, like i like fine there's there's these like you know songs that never really got released that are like you can find Oh the, yeah, from the early era, like, like that, Percy song and and shit yeah, like that. Well, there's one song that I'm. Well, there's Nico covered it, and it's called. Um, oh yeah, I keep, I'll it, keep with, it with mine. Yeah, I love that song. It's an unbelievable song. And I love the song uh, "Lay Down Your Weary Tune." Yeah, I yeah. love that song so much. Um, there's a really okay. So yeah, so the the folk stuff is like it's kind of informing mm. a lot of a lot of yeah. that early stuff yeah, yeah. and then I, I feel like you know when you're um but when life is murder comes around that's like kind of where the band seems to have like fully mm-hmm. coalesced yeah but it's interesting to look at like that record and i see that you know it comes out on sophomore lounge and when what i associate with sophomore lounge is like spider bags and like that yeah. sort of like yeah all folky stuff and then yeah. also exploding in sound yeah. is there too so it's kind of like your two like worlds are are a part of that mm. uh a part of that record right yeah um i guess i i i, I love dan and, and uh but i i and I I, lo- I love a lot of the people that are, like bands and all the people that are related to Exploring Sound, but I never really like felt like I related to the rest of the you know the roster or anything like that. Uh-huh. So, um, like musically, yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of like. Well, you're a you're I think you're a pretty unique uh, just band, really anywhere. Yeah. I, you know, the one of the biggest problems that we have right now is that people book us based on the fact that we're explo- on exploiting sound, which sounds like it's actually that helps and it does. Right. But I think people, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, obviously I can't completely know this, but I think people are booking us solely based on that and actually not listening to us. Hmm. And they're go, oh, oh, so like, like Krill. Right. Or like they're like oh like Pale Hound, uh-huh. and and then you're like so th- and then they they're like ah oh, they're on the cool they're on the cool label yeah and then we show up we set up and our music is like a punch in the face basically right like some somebody said like oh you guys must be like you guys are you guys are kind of like Krill right and I was like no in fact if anything. We sound like Slayer in comparison to Krill, you know. That's not, not. I'm not trying to put them down, you know. Right. Because um, I think that you you do operate in this really unique lane, and you know, we'll get into like I think the darkness 
uh, a little bit later on. Yeah. Because you have, as a band, an ability to communicate um, a feeling that, like, I really only associate with, like, certain bands. But one of the things that really, like, stands out is uh, your voice and the way that you use it. And, like, going from goodbye horses and 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 listening to the evolution of it into you know i think uh loosed is is a really great example Mm -hmm. uh on on universal care where you are doing so much screaming and and contorting and cooing yeah where you know how does it start for you is it just that you are like well i have a i have a unique singing voice and it's kind of just evolved the way that it has or have you yeah it's definitely i i I couldn't scream and yell like like that like i do now yeah you know even like five years ago well what made you want to scream and yell the way that you do you have to have a guttural feeling Uh and then you have to grow into it yeah um other is there other singers that like got me into it i guess Um, like you know because if if there's one particular Uh one well, there's like a couple, but Captain Beefheart would definitely be like one, like Word. how he, like Ugh. it's so it's my Captain Beefheart. It's impression. so primal, mm-hmm. and like yeah, it's like how he can go from like really high to really deep low, and it just sounds he sounds like the devil sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And it's just so commanding and like it, it 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 can't not get your attention. And so is Tom Waits, you know, Tom Waits is like kind of like the you right. the, the the bastard son of him uh-huh. or something like that. So is it is it that you're you're going along this lane and you're and you're feeling like you're kind of you've progressed into this lane where it's like, "Oh, maybe I could like integrate this into it." Or is it more of like hearing this and like, "Oh, I want no, I never like really. It I feel like in stuff that you're influenced by. It's I think it might be best if you just listen to it, let it let it rest in yourself, uh-huh. and then maybe eventually it will kind of come out. Yeah, but I don't think it's a good idea to ever go. I like how they did this. I'm gonna try to do that. Yeah, I I just you're. I think that's uh, that. It's never worked for me sure. to to to, to yeah, be like, yeah. oh, let, let, if I said today, guys, let's try to write a song that is like, blah blah blah. It's in fact like loose is like a song where I was like, let's. Uh, that was one example where I was like, let's try to write a song that's like. I can't even remember what I in, in initially like. Well, that song like, to me is like kind of crowdy. I feel like yeah, yeah, I. To me, I was like, I want, I, I, like a James Brown feel. Yeah. And then it came out like that. <laughs> <laughs> it came out, yeah, it definitely sounds uh, jarring and, oh, that's so funny. But yeah, take all of that, like, that those hype screams that James yeah. Brown does. And yeah. uh, that, that song is, it's so good. I love the way the bass fucking sounds on yeah. it. But, you know, when you, could, when you get into, uh, arranging uh vocal melodies and kind of the way you bounce back and forth between a lot of like different types of delivery is that trial and error 
or yeah. How, yeah well then how do you know like when you're done is it just like the feeling is there and you, you're never done you're never, you're never done you're i mean the, there's ways that we play i don't try to stray too far away from what we what we've been doing but like yeah i mean when you play the song so many times even after it's recorded mm-hmm. you know you might inflect differently. Yeah. Well, and, it's got yeah. that feel of like, you know, you go and you see a, a, a band that's been, you know, playing the same record for like 20 yeah. years and there's different types of inflections and, uh, you know, uh, words that are highlighted in a different way than they are on the recording. And it's like, yeah, because he's been singing it for so long that yeah. he's just finding a different spot in here. Same, same with the guitar playing. Like yeah. every so often, like I find something that I'm like, Oh, this is kind of like a good moment for like this is a good moment to not play the guitar. Right. Or like this is a good moment to like I'd do something else. Maybe play like a lick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just let me just let me just drop a so, couple so, a couple bars here. I mean, uh-huh. we're not really straying too far from what people hear on the record, but I'll you know, I don't really do solos, but I kind of do like these noise solos, I guess. Right. And <laughs> so, that, yeah, that that comes differently. Yeah. I would say each time that you play it, yeah. especially with noise, where it's so much just like interaction between you know the instrument and and the amplifier and yeah. how things are hitting off of each yeah. other. Um. So looking at at life is murder, that is it's just such a like pronounced like full band effort. Um, yeah. Is that, you know, the point where uh, you become, I'm going to use a Nina Corcoran tag, Boston's <laughs> loudest band, you know, is that kind of where you I were I kind of almost resent that term uh-huh. because I don't want to be, I don't really want to be like obnoxiously loud. Yeah. I'm actually trying to rework that. Like I'm trying now to, because I've always, I've always used two amps, but I'm trying to. I bought got a new amp that's like lower wattage. So now I'm trying to like I want to give the illusion of heaviness and weight without like destroying people's eardrums. Uh-huh. Um so yeah. how does that when you're But we are definitely loud. You're it's definitely not loud. yeah. And at that point too was there like just an an intentionality of of loudness because there's kind of I guess when I'm I'm thinking about where you are now and kind of picturing you, uh, this is seven eight years ago of sort of like grinning at the fact that you're, uh, maybe obnoxiously loud. Mm. Is it that you've grown out of it a little bit? Because there is no, I never, I never. Uh, y- it was just before, like, leading into Life is Murder, I feel like the music that we were listening to, that I was listening to a lot, that kind of influenced what I was doing was just, like, just naturally, like, heavy music. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of Sabbath, a lot of um, Harvey Milk, Melvin's, um, Neurosis. You're always, you're always finding yeah. new things. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Neurosis will really like change the he, way you think he, about what you do. I actually stumbled across an interview with him where he was saying, the, the singer of Neurosis was saying that he just really loved, like he just, he would hear stuff like classic rock. Uh-huh. 
like cuz I I also went through the classic rock phase like too like you know and he would but he would say like I like this song but I just wish it had like more weight yeah to it and so I think by the time of life is murder was like how can we I was like try, I think I was trying to make like pretty songs that had a weight like a heaviness to it uh-huh. so like how did um yeah I think something like that the I feel like that intention really kind of sticks and it's had a di- it's had different iterations over the three LPs and that's something that I really picked up on with uh universal care yeah where especially with uh the way you start that record with fuck that guy which is a very intense track <laughs> and then you follow it with the title track which is amongst the prettiest things that you've done and yeah. that juxtaposition yeah. kind of marks that record as, yeah. as being like a lot of you know a lot of moments where you are at your heaviest and then moments where it's just like oh my like these are really really like nice numbers yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Were you, uh, uh, that feels like some of that flavor to you know the idea of of dark and heavy but also pretty things yeah i mean um yeah uh i feel like that's probably one thing that people comp- might comp- have a gripe with with the new record is it's maybe too diverse uh-huh. so that's i think the challenge for the n- next record to how can we make a diverse record but have it very cohesive i'd I like to like try it is cohesive oh thank honestly. you yeah. I, I i mean i think i could have tried a little bit harder maybe like with the ordering maybe it uh-huh. shouldn't have gone into that song and maybe no. should have gone into a different song. If, um, this is, if you don't mind me saying, this is something that I'm catching that I, I wasn't like anticipating is that, you know, you talk about uh, the, the loudest band tag. You talk about the way people perceive you as an exploding and sound band. And now you're looking at the record that you just made as maybe being too much of something and people mm. not, is this something that you, do you think about this sort of thing often? Like the, kind of the perception of of who Cal Marx is or is it something that you feel is like particular to now I don't want to but yes I yeah. do I really don't lot? I really don't want to uh-huh. but I ha- like but you kind of like you kind of have to or or you or you feel compelled to which I I just hate like I hate seeing reviews about us because I always get singled out in the reviews and they always say like, even when they're trying to say like complimentary things, they're still saying like backhanded, uh-huh. you know, compliments like this guy sounds like a suicidal maniac. It's like, but they're saying that like, right. like, like that's like, like that's a good thing. Yeah, sensational. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, uh, I don't know. Like I've had like a couple of friends now kill themselves. I don't think it's cool. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I, 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 or, or like, Oh, he sounds like, it sounds like he drinks a lot of whiskey, and 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 you're like, I don't drink whiskey at all. <laughs> he or smokes a lot of hash. I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I've ever smoked hash. Uh-huh. <laughs> they they try, uh, but that's just uh, the annoying world of well, journalism. I I think that there's, I think that it's the annoying world of a little bit more than than journalism. I think that. Not it saying has, that I'm not trying to say all no, journalists. No, 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 no. But I think that something that I um, 
think about often is the way that music is is consumed in this in this time. Mm. And I think that something that I was really picking up on, you know, going through your catalog uh, a few times over over the past week of you know you got a record called life is murder mm. you've got uh another another one called life is all right everybody dies there's there are these statements that are like so overwrought but if you listen through and you listen through what you're talking about there's a good amount of like humor that's yeah. underlying yeah. all of that and there's also like you know there's statements that are very uh existentially fulfilling and and good and uplifting thanks and it is you know it, we're living in a in a time where it's like who's this band that showed up as a related artist okay i feel like i know about them because I'm looking at this interface and I'm looking at their record titles and it's like, oh, these people must be crazy. And then I listen to it and it's like, oh, confirmed. And then you move on. Yeah. On to yeah. the next thing. Yeah. Do you, you know, it's, it's interesting to, you know, think about the way that affects nuance. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the idea that what I find about your band is that there are layers to it and there's good and then there's bad but it's never about like being bad for the sake of being bad it's mm. about like you know what can we do within the uh framework of of these statements that we put on top of everything mm. yeah but it's tough like with uh things that you have to read into yeah the- also, like, I I almost want to rem my my uh, my gripe with the way I'm perceived is purely just based in like the journalism, mm-hmm. like not that we get written ri- we don't get written about a lot, but um, but outside of that, like music listeners, like they don't need to know my life story. Uh huh. They, they don't i don't uh that's what that's what i find r- really special about songwriting is that i can get something off my chest but still be in disguise yeah you know yeah like i'm i'm not t- i'm not like i'm singing what's about what's going on inside of me and in my mind and what's been weighing heavy on me but at the same time it's kind of up for interpretation Mm -hmm. um so i'm protected in a way like so so nobody can go like uh, you you know like i wonder like people can speculate as to what this or that song is about and that's up to them yeah like that's honestly that's part of the fun of listening to music or listening to songwriting or just sometimes like i don't sometimes i don't even care about lyrics mm-hmm. like uh, i mean i mentioned like leonard cohen i really care about his lyrics bill yeah. callahan i really care about his lyrics bob dylan obviously Joni mitchell those those people but one of my favorite bands is the cocteau twins and sometimes their lyrics aren't even words yeah and, and i i find a very emotional reaction to 
the way she frames a melody and the way she delivers it, it brings me to tears sometimes. Yeah. So, um, I, I feel like that's a, that's a realization that I've, I continue to make, especially as I listen to like heavier music or like, you know, I've been listening to the Jesus lizard a lot. The lyrics on that are fucking so dumb, but who cares? It I don't know. I don't really know any of their lyrics. I except like over by what's happening in there. It, it, the microphone always sounds like it's like right here on yeah. his mouth. Uh-huh. And I mean, I just saw them like right before we left. How was it? <laughs> it was a bit like I I've I've had the pleasure of the the last few months seeing some of the best shows in my life. Yeah. Um, and that was definitely one of them. And then the day before I saw Sumac and it was, they were, they were amazing. And then, that new Sumac record is, I haven't gotten to listen to it yet. It's so good. Um, and then I saw Femi Kuti. Yeah. Yeah. That had to have been amazing too. Just like a fucking uplifting experience. Oh God. It was, it was, it was so good, and uh, watching watching Jesus Lizard and Femi Kuti like within like a month or so of each other. Yeah, you go, oh man, I need to stop complaining. These guys are yeah way older than me, and they are like Femi Kuti is he's sixty ish, I think. Uh huh. And he is dancing. Uh huh. Playing the saxophone, singing, and then jumping over the organ, playing a solo on the organ, mm-hmm. and. And then he and then he goes over to the merch table and to sign autographs and shake p- p- hands with people and take pictures, and you know David Yao is crowd surfing and he's like fifty eight. Uh-huh. You know the whole he I've never seen somebody crowd surf that much ever, let alone a fifty eight yeah year old man. Yeah, so that that was really like life affirming. I think. Seeing, I think it's. I think that the, like that aspect of of things too is is it's super important to you know remember that while you're doing something on your own yeah be sure to take in the things that are happening around you and the, you know the other people who are doing it in a way that it can inspire you yeah as a listener and as a writer and performer yeah, yeah. looking at uh life is all right you know it is. It, it's funny to think that like you follow a record called "Life Is Murder" and and <laughs> the read on "Life Is All Right" is like, man, this one got way darker. <laughs> it, it, oh, life is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just musically, yeah. it's like that. Just puts me in a place that's like it got. It, it's oh. it's definitely a little bit more dissonant. Yeah, that record. Um, you just like you you really explore space really well on that. And oh it's really? Like, yeah, it's like yeah. We, there, there's, Wound too, there's like there's not as much guitar overdubbing. Yeah. So, th- in fact, actually, there's most of that record is there's only one guitar, but there's you know I used two amps and then we mic'd up the room a lot. Uh huh. And and even the vocals too, we mic'd up the room a lot yeah. for the vocals. It just sounds and, so full and yeah. just desperate too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, lyrically, you kind of explore these themes and and I I, I really like that record because you kind of return to uh, you know, the these nighttime scenes where it's like the metaphor of the nest and mm-hmm. the person that's putting, you know, themselves to bed at night. And that space that you're exploring in there, you like do you remember 
where that was coming from. I know that we, you know, just kind of touched on the idea of like separating your real life here, but it, it does feel like very pointed mm. um, on that record in particular. Oh, okay. Um, the net, like, uh, uh, there are a number of like re- references to like you know the nest as like as like the home the home space and there's you know a couple people who are just and it's, it's sometimes it's I sometimes I, I didn't I didn't actually mean the nest as a home space actually I meant yeah. the nest as more like the, the the cradle of humanity yeah like I, I feel like I I've been grappling with these thoughts a lot about you know, is mankind, are, are, you know, is it, are we inherently bad? Yeah. Are we inherently good? Mm-hmm. I, you know, that, that's a really interesting subject matter for, for me to think about. Like, I think I was trying to explain in that song that like, we, you know, we're kind of all fucked up, but we should try yeah. to, to, to be, decent you know it's 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 funny like i don't, I don't want to i'm trying to like make this point as quickly as i can but yeah <laughs> i was talking to somebody about 2001 a space odyssey recently mm-hmm. and you know the you know the beginning scene of the dawn of man yeah um, yeah you know basically the the proposition there is that it's really an act of violence that you know moves us into uh, into a, like yeah. mankind as we are and yeah. like okay well how does that how does that weigh and uh, you know independent to my own thought of that was somebody saying to me you know i don't really like that that movie uh starts out with an insistence that we are inherently a violent species and Mm. i was like yeah i mean i've i've been wondering too if that's like too much of a jump and yeah it's it's definitely like this existential matter of like what's happening inside of me. Am I making, am I making all of my good decisions? Like, yeah, because yeah. I am like trying to consciously avoid, uh, the bad ones that I would make if I could. Yeah. Actually, even when I was driving over here, I, I, I don't know what station I was on. Some, it must've been some college station. It was so weird. It started out with, I turned the station on and it was like this guy just talking about the life of Albert Camus. Uh-huh. And then it went to Beck Odelay and then a song by Sharon Jones and then some chamber music. Wow. It was really weird. But he was talking about the life and times of Albert Camus and, and he was saying that like Albert Camus like completely realized how ridiculous and crazy and fucked up human life is yeah. and this world is. But at the same time that that like was actually empowering to maybe power through it all well, yeah. to, to, to like acknowledge it because if you don't acknowledge it, then you just live in this like fear, I think, or, and, yeah, or, or, or you, you live, find, you find something that you, is able to replace the yeah. idea of, of facing that fear. Sometimes the people that are like really like polarizingly, um, optimistic scare the shit out of me yeah. i'm like what there's something wrong right? with you how do you do it yeah i mean i see people come into my coffee shop all the time who just have this yeah. this like here's what i'm doing yeah. right now and i'm like i wish i could be uh as driven as you sometimes but i i don't i i worry for them i'm yeah. like oh you're gonna get crushed real hard yeah 
like something's or, or gonna maybe, crush you. Or maybe, or maybe not. You maybe, maybe maybe not. Maybe, maybe you they'll just be great. Like, have an ability to yeah. keep yourself yeah. out of that like negative twenty percent space. Yeah. But you know, it's it, it it's interesting. Like I I will I think I'll always go back to the, you know Camus, Sisyphus, and yeah. the idea that it's like well you're you're fucking pushing that thing up the hill, but like there's there's a nice flower along the way like, yeah that's a that's a thing that you that you got there's no way you can yeah. you can stop the uh the boulder going up a, a lot of people I, I think a lot of people they, they forget you know we just all die in the end yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's it's i i you know there's a lot of times where i'm like pretty unhappy with my situation of being like you know, we we really are struggling as a band. Yeah. Like we still we've been a band for so long, and it's really crazy to see like all these other bands that we've been kind of colleagues with or whatever that are like doing exceedingly better than us. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, oh, I bought a new drum set with our, you know, the money that we made, and it's like crap holy shit yeah or I mean, like you, you, and it, you had to you had to do the kickstarter for, it, the, yeah. for the new van yeah and and uh and or like oh we got to go on tour with blah 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 i don't know you know right. like some some big act and meanwhile you know we've been a band for eight or eight ish years and then calmarks has been in existence for like 13 uh-huh. total years and still, you know, night in Detroit and we get paid nothing. Right. You know, uh, we still, we still are struggling. So, but that being said, um, I'm, I couldn't be more happy about what we're making. Cause I really feel like, I, I, I hope, I hope I'm right on this. I I think what we're making is very unique and different than any other band. I don't think it really and, is, and, and that's something that uh, you know uh, a, nobody can really take away that that for me. At this least. is this is kind of you know what I was really building when I was writing this interview yeah. is the, is the fact that you as a band have done this exploration of space and if you start with life is murder it's like it's become very clear um you know over the course of these three records that really this is a this is a band that's growing together Mm. and doing things that seem to be very instinctual you're following um you know what you're following the energy that is you know that's coming from the people that you're playing with, yeah. the songs that you're writing, mm. and that is a that is a a thing to be very proud of, and it's something that I feel like listening to your music. I can tell that you take a lot of stock in that. Yeah, yeah. There, there's still there's even I mean there's still a driving force of like being excited about what's around the next corner. Yeah. For creatively. The crea- creative side is you know, it's the most exciting side of it. Your your records continue to get better and more expansive and more exciting. 
that's not always what people say. I mean, we're going to St. Louis, and I'm I'm excited for it. We had a really good time last time in St. Louis, but St. Louis was one the one place where somebody actually like came up to me and was like, "We had Life Is All Right out by that point, and we had copies of both Life Is Murder and Life Is All Right." And he's he pointed to them. And he goes, "You know, like uh, I don't care for what you did on this one." You should have just stuck to the last one. And it's like, yeah. you didn't have to, you know, you didn't have to say that to my face. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell him to start his own fucking band. Yeah, I know. You want, a, you want a good follow-up record to Life is Murder? Fucking write it yourself, you dumbo. Please, actually, please don't because, yeah. uh, <laughs> but. um, You think about that, though. It, I mean, it, it's annoying it's a it's a nuisance for sure but then you find out these like great like i i but at the same time i want life is murder to be liked you know Mm -hmm. like i i still like playing those songs and i hope maybe you know if we're still a band many many years down the line that when we play one of those songs people are like get a kick out of it you know um I, I like we try to make our set lists not just one sided. Right. Like it's going to be all new stuff. No, we try to do, you know, a couple. We try to do definitely a decent amount of new of the stuff on the new record. And then, you know, two from Life is All Right and then two from Life is Murder. You know, usually that's. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. Um, You know, it's. <sighs> How how do you think you do then? You know, it's it's definitely an internal struggle of balancing this contented feeling of like we what we are doing is is good, and we've continued to be you know an evolving mm-hmm. band. We've also you know maybe not enjoyed the same type of financial success or you know yeah. the same type of acclaim. Um, you know there's the internal aspect of, of dealing with that, but is it something that you are talking to the dudes about? Or are you talking, are you yeah. getting a, yeah. are you getting Yeah. A, we discuss everything. Yeah. Um, it, and again, I, I, I'm trying not to envy other bands like trajectories, right? But we could use some money, you yeah, know, like yeah. we, the, the thing is we're not, None of us are expecting to make a living off of this. It would be nice. We wouldn't object to it. But we need to at least make some money because otherwise we can't make another record if we, you know, we're paying off, you know, a van right now. And, you know, we'd like to, you know, make another record. Yeah. And we, it takes it takes money. And I think also if we're going to make another record, we would like to spend a little bit longer in order for us to grow as a, as a recording group, you know, spend because life is murder. We made in like two days or two and a half. Yeah. And then life is all right. We made in like four or five and then universal care was made in like seven. So it would be nice to maybe, hey, how about 12 days? <laughs> I, I think that, you know, that's one of the things that is, I think, one of the hidden uh, sad truths about where guitar music is right now is that you look at 
you look back, you look at Dylan and you look at a record like Blonde on Blonde and it's him in a studio with Mm. these musicians for three weeks Mm -hmm. and he's got these songs that he's just shelling out, putting them together with these people around him and really just like taking as much time and care as possible to finally Mm -hmm. get the take that's like, okay, that's the one right there. And that's not just not happening anymore and it's it's sad you know even if you go into a studio like with things fully shelled out i would love to see what y'all are able to do in like a larger space with like more things around to kind of fuss around with that could also ruin a record it could also ruin a record but i think that like you know you're a band that like uh I would love to hear an expanded palette to it. Yeah. I think we were trying to do that with the last record. I mean... I think you did yeah. really well. I think yeah. that, um, you know, a lot of the tones on there are different. Yeah. And, you know, to the benefit of There's a lot of everything. guitar sounds that are, you know, I've had people ask me, what synth is that? And I'm like, that's a guitar, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> You should you should think about moments like that rather than the fucking yeah. this twerp in St. Louis yeah. who thinks that he knows what's better for you. Um, I, I think in some weird way he wanted to believe that that was a compliment. Uh-huh. Like he was like, I'm very, I really love that record. Yeah. But this one stinks. <laughs> I say my argument is to keep doing what you're yeah. doing and to find a way to do it. The, these have been really really uplifting and it's like it's one of listening to your music and spending time with it for me has been fulfilling in that way where there's a lot of things that are happening to consider but within all of it it's very uplifting Mm -hmm. and it's you know it's been it's been nice uh getting prepared to have you over it's been nice like looking deep into this stuff and uh really enjoyed talking to you too thank you thanks for coming over thank you thank you for having me this was awesome awesome My dude, Carl's got an active brain that goes into a lot of different spaces. Some of them extremely positive, others a little dead weight. But those are real things that anyone taking part in a creative endeavor finds themselves wrestling with, whether they discuss them or not. I'm appreciative that Carl was up for discussing them when he came by. And these are good things to think about. But I stand by it. What Carl should be doing is continuing to follow his intuition. Cal Marx is an exciting band. It's one to be grateful. Thanks to Carl for coming by. Check out Cal Marx online, calmarx.bandcamp.com. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. We're on Bandcamp. Better yet, podcast.bandcamp.com. Patreon is patreon.com slash podcast. We're going to have some fun. Thank you for considering it. Looking forward to making it more than worth your while. Twitter is at betteryetpod. Email is betteryetpodcast at gmail.com. Keep those babies coming. I love email. 
like it on Facebook. The website is betteryetpod.com. We're in the midst of goddammit month over on As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio talking goddammit this month, celebrating the 20th anniversary. And over on Postmarktum, Scott and I, I'm just happy that Scott's there and happy for you all. Thank you so much for coming by and for listening to this show. It means so much and I watched it grow and it's going to continue to grow. Thanks to Carl. Thank you, Chloe and Lily and Medwin. More on that next week. Thank you, Jay. You keep me cool. Come back next week. Thanks, brothers. I couldn't hear him when he called to me. I couldn't hear him at all. You see, he was down the road away from me. How could I know his answer? I couldn't hear him, though he shouted hard. I couldn't hear him in my own backyard. The trains were rattling by above. He never mentioned
that okay if I put you down? 